What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. When a guy that you have so much respect for and a guy that has written so many great books tells you, I'm more excited about this work than any other work I've ever done. It really gets your attention. And then after the conversation, you know why he's so excited. That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Lynch with a Leader. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and it's an honor to welcome you to another episode, episode 179 of the Lynch with a Leader podcast. And it really is where we sit down with some of America's greatest leaders and find out how they have learned to lead with their faith out in front. This is going to be really one of those episodes that you are going to listen to multiple times because... John Gordon, Mr. Positive, one of the most sought after really authors and speakers and motivational experts in America. When he says, I think I've, after all the years of working with teams and athletes and the greatest of the great leaders, I've boiled it down to one truth. I'm telling you, this is going to be an episode that you are going to love. And I am so excited for you to learn, for you to listen, and for you to hear all the things that John has to share. And as John and I were wrapping up the phone call, I just couldn't get over uh, his passion. And you can you can tell that he's been sitting on this for a while. And we're going to be talking about what it means to elevate your mind, what it means to unlock your power and what it means to heal your soul and how so much of it is grounded in faith. Boy, this is going to be so much fun. I loved my call with John and you're, I have a feeling you're really, really going to love it too. So wherever you're listening from today, I want you to do me a favor and I want you to pull up a chair And I want you to listen in to my conversation with Mr. Positive, probably the leading expert on working with with athletic teams and corporate teams across America, Mr. John Gordon, as we unpack his brand new book, The One Truth. Well, John, thank you so much for joining me again on this episode of Lynch with a Leader. It is awesome to have you back. Mike, great to be back. Always love our conversations. Well, this book, your newest book, The One Truth That Can Change Your Life, you said, I know when we were going back and forth with each other, you think it's your your best stuff yet. Why do, why do you feel like God really tapped you on the shoulder about this? You know, I'm asking that same question. Okay, God, why me? Why am I here to share this message? And I think it's because... One, I've been faithful. One, I've been doing this work a long time. One, I truly believe that everything in my life has prepared me for this moment to write this book. Someone who's worked in business, someone who's worked with sports teams, all the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, you name it, work with these teams, their organizations, their players, speaking to them, working with Fortune 500 companies and leaders. 
and doing this work and sharing the message of positivity, focusing more recently on, on mental health, mm. helping people who are really struggling, helping people become more positive, dealing with negativity. So I've been doing this work a long time in terms of positivity and negativity. And then just recently, I've been like, I've been searching for the answers. Like, what are the keys mm. to mental toughness? What are the keys to high performance? What are the keys to being a great team? Like, what is really the key? And all of the work over the years and the dedication, the passion has led me to this moment where God revealed to me, it's the one truth. And again, I don't know why, but I just know that God did give me this message, this concept, this idea, because people are struggling now more than ever. People are living with more fear, more negativity, cluttered, worried, chronically stressed. And like, we're not meant to go through life like that. That's right. It's become normalized now. I see all the time, like it's become normalized where we're seeing so many people struggling that we're accepting it as normal, but it's not normal. Is it okay to be that way? Of course it's okay. We're all struggling and we all struggle at some point. I dealt with depression, anxiety, and all of that, but it's not normal. What's normal is to go through life with power, mm. with joy, with peace and love and purpose and clarity and focus and on a mission that is normal. And that's what God calls us to be for him in him to impact this world. Because if we're going the other way and we're living the other way, guess what? We're powerless. Mm. We're weak. We're divided. We're anxious. And by the way, the word, the root for the Greek word of anxious means to separate and divide. Mm. And so when you're anxious, you actually feel separate and you feel divided. You feel weak. And what divides fear divides mm. and it makes us weak, but we're not meant to go through life that way, but we are, we're meant to go through life with oneness, with power, with connection. And God wants us to do that because we're meant to be powerful in mm. this world, not on our own, in him and in his power. Cause as we create oneness, as we find oneness in him, he gives us the power to change the world and impact the world and impact the lives of others. So we do have this enemy that's trying to weaken us so we can't change the world. So we get defeated. So we get down. And then we have this, this God of love and of power and of strength who says, no, I've called you for more. I've called you to be kingdom men and kingdom women. And your job is to bring heaven to earth and make earth like heaven. And when you do that through everything that I've given you and all the power I've given you and all the means I've given you. And you do that every day, you're living the life that I've called you to live and you're living the purpose that I've given you. And that's what we're here to do. And that's what Jesus talked about all the time. He talked about the kingdom and impacting the kingdom. And so that's what we're here to do. And the kingdom of God is inside of you, mm. not outside. It's not outside in the world. It's inside your soul and the power is within your soul. So this is a much different book than I've ever written. Mm -hmm. As you can tell, this is a book that literally is revolutionary in its concepts in its, in its understanding. And I truly believe as people read this book, it's going to give them a new lens in how they see the world, how they act in the world and how they take on the world. And it's going to give them the understanding that in that oneness with God, they will have a greater power. And that's how we all want to go through life. Mm. You know, it's so interesting because you work with greats from all industries. You work with greats in athletics and greats in business, and you work with all levels of that. I'll see you with high school. I'll see you with professional all, all across the board. 
is the mind something everybody struggles with across from a NFL quarterback to a high school principal? Is that something you see as a struggle at every level? I see it as a struggle of every level with everyone, but at different times in the course of our life, we all don't struggle at the same time. You might struggle when you're 16 or 17. You might struggle when you're 40. You might go through a midlife crisis at 50 and 60 and go get the nice car and start to deal with issues with your marriage. There are struggles at all different times in our lives, but we all will struggle at some point. Why? We all have a hole in our soul. We all have a wound that needs to be healed. And that wound will get infected. And at different times of your life, that wound starts to show up. It starts to reveal itself. It gets infected. It gets worse. And that lets you know that that healing needs to take place. Mm. Think about this for a moment. We don't often go through the healing process because you must first go through the pain process because it's painful to see and reveal the wound and have the wound exposed. That's a painful process. And think about the billions of dollars that people spend to avoid pain, mm. drinking and drugs and medications and all sorts of things to avoid pain. We will do everything we can to avoid pain. But God, when it's time to heal, will not let us avoid the pain. He reveals the pain. Just like when you have a broken arm, it's painful letting you know healing needs to take place. So we have this broken soul and this hole in our soul, letting us know healing needs to take place. And at some point in our life, it starts to actually reveal itself and it comes up, letting us know that we need to be healed. And then God steps in and says, okay, I am ready to heal you. So at some point in our life, we start to have these these mental issues, these pain issues, these symptoms, these signs. And a lot of times they're negative thoughts, their fear, their anxiety, their worry, their doubt. We're going to have all these things in our mind. And it is happening in the mind. Let's distinguish. We got the brain. Yep, that's right. That's the hardware. It's where the activation of a thought happens. People so often focus on the brain, even in neuroscience, everything's about the brain. They think thoughts come from the brain. They do not come from the brain. Thoughts are activated in the brain, no, no one has ever found a thought inside of a brain. When you're dreaming, having a nightmare, are you choosing those thoughts? No, they're just coming in. So thoughts are always coming in from consciousness, from our soul, from our mind. So our soul is our mind, it is our heart, and then we have our soul, right? And then we have a spirit. So we are a spirit and we have a soul. That's how God made us, a spirit and a soul. And then we have this fleshly body that turns to dust, when we die. So anyone who thinks they're solid, you're not solid. Your body <laughs> literally turns to dust when you die. Remember that. Anybody who thinks this is a physical world, no, you're living an energetic reality. Yep. How do you make sense of the world? Do vibrations, wavelengths, frequencies, electrical impulses and signals that our brain then interprets to see pictures. And then we have meaning associated with what we see, what we hear. That is wild when you think about it. like vibrations become through the auditory nerve, how we hear. Yeah. It's unbelievable when you really think about our existence. So we have the soul and the spirit that is now living and expressing itself in this energetic reality that God created. Like God is the ultimate creator. And I actually marvel at his creation because when you think about how God created this and created this energetic reality, it's not virtual reality. It's an energetic reality. It's not a simulation. No, it's God creating our world. It's God creating our universe, the galaxies, but it's all energy. And so once you understand that, that existence, 
the spiritual realm even makes more sense. Mm -hmm. And the understanding between the soul and the mind, now where the thoughts are originating, that there's a battle going on in your mind and soul with negative and positive fear, negative thoughts. Like I always say, your negative thoughts come from you and professional athletes go, yeah, they're in my head. Of course they're coming from me. Here's my next question. If you believe your negative thoughts come from you, who would ever choose to have a negative thought? No, you would never choose a negative thought. They're always coming in because there's a battle going on between good and evil in your mind. Why would you have a negative thought in the first place? Now, evolutionary people would say it's because of survival. You know, you have to survive the tiger. You have a negative thought that says, you know, fear makes me run away and makes me survive. Okay, there's an element to that, but that doesn't account for the negative thoughts that say you're not enough. The future is hopeless. You're not going to live up to this identity that you are worthy. A negative thought that comes in that says, you're not worthy. Mm. Who are you to be thinking that you can do this? You're never going to get through this health diagnosis. The relationship isn't going to improve. All these thoughts that attack you in the place of your identity and your worthiness has nothing to do with evolutionary purposes. That's an attack on identity. That is a spiritual attack. And evolution also can't explain sacrificial love. Why would someone ever sacrifice themselves for another human being if evolutionary and survival of the fittest was the dominant theme or the dominant narrative or the dominant force of our existence? You would never do that because sacrificial love says, I will sacrifice myself for another, that love is greater than fear. And there's a greater power that is actually bringing forth love. Love is the driving force of the universe. It's not survival of the fittest. So is there an element in the animal kingdom? Yes, at that level, right, of flesh, of the flesh. At the spirit level, there's a whole other element going on. There's a whole other story being told at the spirit level. And that's that's what Romans talks about. Romans 8, 5, 6, a mind governed by the flesh leads to death. A mind governed by the spirit leads to life and peace. This is the crux of the one truth. If you really think about it, we've got this flesh, we've got these negative thoughts, we've got this fear, we've got these sinful desires leading us in the wrong direction, trying to sabotage us and keep us from our destiny. And then we have the spirit that is trying to move us towards life, towards joy, towards purpose, towards the power and the destiny that God has for us. And I really believe that that's like the the main ultimate narrative and, and battle going on here between the flesh and the spirit and life. So going back to your question, it was a very long answer to your question, (laughs) but does everyone struggle? Yes, because the battle for our mind is very real. And the battle takes place in the area of our thoughts. And the thoughts are always coming in and they come in the form of the five Ds, doubt, distortion, negative thoughts, and lies or distortions of the truth that will tell you things about yourself and your future that just aren't true. They come in the form of discouragement. We don't give up because it's hard. We give up because we get discouraged. Distractions. Distractions are the enemy of greatness, and it keeps us from what matters most. And think about distractions, social media. I'll focus on someone else's life instead of my own. I'll compare myself and my purpose to someone else's purpose and focus on their purpose instead of living my own. And so distractions will keep you from what God has called for you. So distractions are a big part of it. And then the fifth D is divide. And we talked about the word anxious, meaning divided. And that's the ultimate goal that negative thoughts separate us, weaken us, divide us, and make us feel powerless. Think about when you have those negative thoughts. How do you feel? Do you feel good? 
No, you feel down. You feel like you want to give up. You feel discouraged. You feel like something's wrong. Something's missing. You start questioning your purpose, your existence. And so often you just feel weak and dejected. And then you go towards despair. And so many people are struggling with that right now because of these negative thoughts that are beating them down. So a big part of this book and my mission is to is to share with people how to win that battle of their mind to get to a higher state of mind so those negative thoughts do not affect people like that. And then once you know there's a battle going on, you're not going to get defeated. You're not going to get dejected. You're not going to get discouraged. You're going to make sure that you take this on by tuning into the positive, T-U-N-A, trust in truth, unite with God, neutralize the negativity, and then elevate your thinking. And I share that in the book, in the acronym, and I explain it. And when people do this, get the book, read the book, and go through it. Then there's this action plan of tune. There's an action plan of hold, W-H-O-L-E. And there's an acronym, an action plan for prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R. You do that. You'll start tuning more into the spirit, more into God's higher frequency instead of the negative frequency. And you move towards life. I got to share one thing about mental health. The more we move from oneness to separateness, we move from positive to negative. This is showing people this is very real. Like maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe this doesn't make sense to you, but, but this will make sense. When you move from oneness to separateness, from, from love to fear, you move from positive to negative. And if you think about mental health disorders, they all actually move towards feelings of alone, aloneness, isolation, disconnection, where people actually retreat from others and feel depressed and down and isolated and disconnected. They move towards separateness. So this should actually explain what I'm saying is very true. So can we move people back towards wholeness, back towards oneness? And can we? Yes. And as we do, we will help them find healing and wholeness. And this is the key to mental health, mental well-being, mental toughness, and also high performance. If you're an athlete that just wants to perform better, or if you're just a salesperson that wants to have better numbers, mm. or you're a parent that wants to just be a better parent or a leader who wants to have more integrity, more wholeness, more oneness, you'll perform at a higher level when you understand these principles. You know what I love about this, John? You didn't just come up with this idea and go, I'm going to throw it out there and see how it goes. You've been sitting on this and looking at the work you've done with athletes and leaders. What's been the response because pre-book, yeah, all this was in action, right? So what's been the response back as you've worked with these folks? What's really cool is I've been teaching this for over a year now, but it came to me last summer. So it hasn't been a long time, but I've been teaching the five D's for a while now with the garden. You know, I wrote the garden. Yep. The garden has the five D's as well. So I've been teaching that. And that is like, whoa, when people hear that, they go, man, it makes so much sense. In the garden, I understood the idea that the five D's separate you and weaken you. And then it's about restoring back to oneness, but didn't really fully understand it in that way. But this summer I had like the light bulb moment, the Eureka moment. So now I'm sharing this with all these professional athletes. I'm getting on the phone with them and I'm sharing it. big names. That I can't share, but like the biggest names in sports. And then I'm sharing it with NFL coaches and I'm calling up Brian Dable and I'm sharing it with, with, uh, you know, Kevin O'Connell from the Vikings and Sean McVay from the Rams and Dabo. And I got to tell you this. So I'm teaching it to them and they're loving it. Mm. Dave Roberts, I shared it with him. I'm teaching it to these guys and they're loving it. Like, man, this makes so much sense. Just shared it with a major league baseball manager yesterday. He's like, I get it. Cause one is separateness on my team yep. Yep. is essential. I got to create connection instead of having division. 
have a powerful team. Psychological, I have to help my players move towards oneness instead of separateness so they perform at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Organization, there needs to be aligned, there needs to be oneness. As a leader, the word integrity comes from the word integer, which means whole and complete. Mm-hmm. I got to have integrity with my self as a leader and I'll have power as a leader. Whereas if I'm a narcissist or I have a big ego, that's separation. Ego stands for edge and got out. There's no connection there. There's separation. And then the big ego disconnects you from people and from God. Humility and integrity connects you to people and to God. Mm-hmm. So as a leader, that's really important. So I was sharing that. But I think what really drove me to write this book quickly, I met with a, a 16-year-old who was really struggling. He was in the ER two nights before. And I taught him all of this. He was having so many negative thoughts. And he was beating himself up for the negative thoughts that were in his head. Mm. And he was having shame and guilt in the process. And he thought something was wrong and something was broken. So he's seeing therapists, he's seeing psychiatrists, he's in the ER. And what's happening? More and more negative thought. You know, in the book, I drew the two circles with all the dots and the clutter. People need to read that. So I explained that to him. I said, you got a lot of thoughts. I said, are they bombarding you? He goes, ah, all the time. I said, are they accusing you and attacking you? Yes, they make me want to give up. I just can't take it anymore. I just, just feel so bad. I explained the idea of shame and guilt mm-hmm. and beating himself up. He understood. He goes, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I said, we got to release that. Blame and shame is like inflammation of the soul mm-hmm. and healing can't take place. I said, what you got to do is, is, is understand that you don't have to believe the lies that these negative thoughts are telling. You're not broken. Nothing is wrong with you. I said, you're loved by God and you're here for a reason and you're whole and you're just being attacked. And it is a battle that's going on. And I'm going to share with you how to win the battle. And I did. He smiled. Felt so good. He felt so empowered. I saw the shift immediately. And there's nothing better than that shift and seeing it go off, that light bulb go off in that kid's head. Because I've done this now with numerous teenagers, numerous college students who are struggling, college athletes. Parents will say, hey, can you talk to my son? Can you talk to my daughter? Friends of mine. And I've done it all. Guess what? Every time I've done it, it's made me better. So as I'm teaching, I'm getting better at teaching what connects, what makes sense, but they're getting it. And every single time the light bulb goes off, you feel the shift. You can see the shift. On the call, I can literally feel the shift happening. Mm-hmm. Man, it's like lighter and freer. And that kid, that teenager, that, that college student is like transformed immediately. This young man who was suicidal, the next day was a different kid. And his wow. parents said, what did you do? And I said, I just share with him the truth. Mm. And I said, I'm going to ask him to teach it to you so you know it now too. I'm like, okay, I got to write this book because it's impacting lives. I did it with two other depressed teenagers that summer and turned them around, did a 180 immediately by sharing, again, God's teaching, mm. God's truth with them, helping them understand it. I'm a teacher. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm an inspirational teacher. So I'm getting these downloads, these ideas. I'm now teaching it to them and I'm seeing the impact So what's been the response? Nothing like I've ever shared before. Mm. And then I went and then delivered this talk. One, you know, high state and low state of mind, not the whole one truth, because that would require me to go even deeper. But high state of mind, low state of mind, ultimately ending explaining separateness and oneness very briefly. And I did that with all the college programs. And I had more more football players during training camps last year come up and talk to me afterwards and want to talk about what they were struggling with than I've ever had mm. in my life combined, all the years combined. Although 20 years combined, it was like more in this one summer of teaching this. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this book as soon as I can. Got to get it out there. Got to make an impact. And Mike, I'm, I'm more, as you can tell, I'm more passionate than ever about sharing this. 
but it's also given me a level of understanding that as I'm meeting with people, as I'm talking about this on stage, as I'm sharing it with the leaders and so forth, it's like, now I see why all my other books worked. The positivity versus the negativity. Power of a positive team, helping teams become united and connected. I was really helping them create oneness. Oh, that makes sense. The book, The Sale, was all about integrity. Oh, that's why that did well. Carpenter was about generosity and service and, and love, serve, care, losing self in the service of others. And that's how you find the greatness within you. It makes sense, right? Okay, everything I was teaching ultimately goes back to the one truth, with, which ultimately goes back to biblical teachings. And I, and I want to I make sure people know this. So I write this book and I'm a Christian, I'm a person of faith. And as I'm writing this, like I'm getting these ideas and I'm going, man, this is amazing. And I, I read the Bible, but I'm not a Bible expert. I read a lot of devotionals, right? I, I love devotionals. So I'm always learning a lot through devotion. I watch tons of sermons. I'm always learning. I'm always growing in my faith. I'm always being taught, but I didn't know everything. I didn't know, I didn't know Romans 8, 5, 6. I didn't know uh, John 6, 17. So I didn't know a lot of these. So, so I'm, I'm, um, I write it. Then I start talking to some the theologians to make sure that what I say is matching up to truth. And I'm finding everything in the Bible that I wrote down, like take every thought captive. That's the, you know, that's the key, obviously, to winning the medal battle. Paul taught us that. Jesus in the wilderness, he taught us, don't listen to the lies, speak truth to the lies. Mm -hmm. He taught us, you know, don't rely on physical things. You're, you're never going to fill a spiritual hole mm -hmm. with man-made and physical things. You can only fill it with God and God's love. That's the key. That's what makes us whole. He taught us that in the wilderness. He taught us to speak truth to the lies. Paul also, we also learned to the power of the renewing of the mind, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be conformed by the patterns of the world of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So as you saw in book three of this book, I explained that the Bible explains right. the solution to the separation. So as we're separate, that's the problem. And the Old Testament is all about the problem. Adam and Eve is a story of separation. So they were separated from God and from each other because they believed the lie, because they focused on what they thought was going to make them more, but it made them become less, because they sinned, because they moved away from God and chose something besides what God wanted for them. And guess what? That's our choice every single day. So they were separated. And so we too are separate as well. And then Jesus comes along and he is the solution to the separation. He restores us back to oneness. He restores us back to God that in him, because we're spirit in his spirit, right? And, and in oneness with the father, we then experience eternal life in this eternal moment and that is what we're called to experience oneness here's the wild thing oswald chambers i'm doing a devotional read with my friends we read one every day so i write this book we start the devotional what does oswald chambers talk about a lot in his devotional oneness he mentions oneness like a thousand times <laughs> and how it's about oneness with the father and guess what as you experience oneness with god you find healing you find the renewing of your mind you actually start to hear his voice. He starts to whisper to you and you start to hear his voice and he starts to speak to you because God does want to speak to you. How many Christians are not listening to his voice? How many Christians have been saved 
in their spirit. They've accepted Jesus as their savior, but their soul is still not healed yet. And I wrote this book as you read in book three, and I share that. That's why Christians still struggle with mental health. It's why they still struggle with, with sin. It's why they don't live the life that God has called them to live, even though they have been saved. Because I was thinking a lot about this. Why as Christians, is there still so much dysfunction if they've been saved? Oh, it's because their soul has not been healed. They still have the wounds of the past from the flesh, from the response in the brain and the body to the actions that were taken that have consequences that still need to be healed, just as I needed to be healed. And so what I did every day, when I look back, what worked for me, I took a walk every day and prayed and practiced gratitude. And it became my daily ritual to pray and practice gratitude and surrender to God Mm -hmm. and do the P-R-A-Y-E-R. And I look back, that's why my mind renewed. It's why I actually was able to heal the depression I had, the anxiety I had, all the mental health issues I had, because I had a lot of them. And I'm like a completely different person. Because you want to work out, it takes it takes, it takes takes a um, a year to really build your body if you're working out or longer. If you have gut health issues or you have surgery, it takes time for the body to heal from the surgery. Well, think about it. If you have dysfunctions from the past or wounds of the past because you've been betrayed, because you've been hurt, because you have trauma, you need healing. And we all need healing, but it doesn't happen overnight. And so that's the key. We could we could be baptized, but that's like putting a cucumber in the pickle juice. Did you like that analogy in the book? <laughs> you, you, you take the cucumber, you put in the pickle yep. juice, and you put it once, submerge it once and pull it out. That's baptism. But is it transformed? No. To be transformed and renewed, you got to make sure that you're leaving that cucumber, putting that cucumber in the pickle juice and bathing in the pickle juice. We have to bathe in the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. We have to experience and connect with God and surrender to God and experience the oneness of his spirit and our spirit becoming one because he made us in his image. He is spirit. We are spirit. And in that one spirit, that's where the healing and renewing starts to happen. And I'm convinced as we do this, and I want science to start measuring this and testing this and doing this as we actually do this, I believe over time, as we bathe in the spirit over time, that heals our soul and our mind, which will then heal the energetic brain and body that we actually are living in and we'll find healing by doing that that's what i truly want science to test i was telling a leader just yesterday that i had like three pages of questions for john and really ended up only hitting hitting like five questions because when i pressed play John got going, and I'm telling you, the man never looked back, and he was so much fun to talk to, and it was amazing just how applicable everything that John talked about was about where we live and what we do and and how we do it and how our mind works and the clutter and all of those things, and uh, man, John was, John was on point, and I think that you know, for all of us, there were so many nuggets and pieces of wisdom and and thoughts that we will use over and over and over again. Thank you, John Gordon, for being on your third time with us and for just bringing up the dump truck and unloading it on us because I know I'm sure better for it. I hope this is an episode you'll share with a friend or a teammate or a coaching associate or a client 
and um, and help them get better. I hope it's one that you will leave a rating and review. You can go to iTunes or or Spotify or even on YouTube and leave a rating and review. It helps other people who aren't subscribers find their way to us and speaking of the best way to keep up with all the great content is just subscribe and you can subscribe on any of the podcast platforms on youtube and uh, man stay up because we have so many great people coming when our next episode we get down to sit with court sit down with corporate business leader preston poor and he has more than two decades of upper level management from coca-cola to the hershey company to dale carnegie training and you are gonna really really enjoy getting to know Preston. you may not know him but his book disciple leader i think is going to be one you're going to want to pick up so thanks again for joining us today i don't know what space and place you lead in but go be the leader that god created you to be in the space and in the place that he's put you Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Lynch with a Leader podcast with your host, Mike Lynch. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help more people hear it by subscribing and leaving a review wherever you may be listening. For full episode notes and more spiritual leadership resources, visit MikeLynch.com. 